and the washer and dryer had fallen over on their back and a two by four had fallen across the washer and dryer. And that two by four uh, basically supported and held up all of the debris that had fallen on them and basically it created a little cocoon that uh, you know kept them safe. So, you know, again, he just he attributed it all to God's providence and grace and, and how, you know, even in the midst of that storm, God was faithful in protecting Welcome to a special edition of Mid-South Viewpoint for our Memphis and Mid-South listeners and also our Nashville listeners today on Bot Radio Network. We want to bring you an update on the disaster of the tornadoes that moved in a horrific way through the area early Monday morning of this week. We had the opportunity to talk Tuesday with Chris Turner, who's the Director of Communications with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Chris joins us again today. We wanted to update our listeners, follow up what's been taking place. Uh, Chris has been quite engaged in the issue. And Chris, right now, you're on location, I believe. Yeah, we sure are. We're here in Nashville. And two days ago, we were over in Cookville. But today, we're in the area of Nashville that was hit. Uh, about two blocks from where I'm standing right now, the tornado cut through. And we're in a church uh, in the area that's staging a lot of supplies that are going to go to people, a lot of care packages and some things like that, just necessities like toilet paper and you know hygiene items, toothpaste and those kinds of things. So uh, things are definitely ramped up and going full bore here. I do want to highlight some of your eyewitness account of going to Putnam County yesterday, Putnam County, Tennessee, which most of the deaths, I think there's a, the death total right now is around 24, I believe. 18 of those deaths came from the Putnam County area, Tennessee. This county includes cities of Allgood, Baxter, Cookville, and Monterey. It's about 60 miles east of Nashville, I believe. This county was founded back in 1854. As of the 2010 census, the population was uh, just over 72,000 people. Again, their death toll is about 18. The 25, actually 25, I think, is so far the total. 18 of those in Putnam County. Chris, this storm, and I, I think they're discovering this wasn't just one tornado. This was possibly two, maybe four separate tornadoes. The one that moved through Putnam County was classified as an EF4. According to the National Weather Service, this rating, well, the ratings go between EF0 to 5. Four is quite high with winds between 166 and 200 miles per hour. Those are incredible, powerful winds that move through that area. Yeah, I think uh, when I was up in uh, Cookville a couple days ago, they were saying that when it hit in that area just just west of downtown Cookville, that uh, the wind was somewhere in the neighborhood of 175 miles an hour. Certainly, from what we saw, um, it, it was it was moving through there. I, I do think uh, that they they are saying four tornadoes, but I believe the one that they're saying that basically moved from Nashville up to that area in Cookville. Uh, actually, it was one tornado that uh, lasted about 50 miles. Um, as we drove up to Cookville, um, you could you could see. Uh, my understanding is that the the tornado pretty much tracked uh, due east, um, and then on the interstate, the interstate actually winds back and forth on its way up there. That must have crossed the path of the tornado. Because as you're driving uh, east, the destruction on the left side of the interstate is just incredible. And then all of a sudden, you'll see the destruction over on the east side of the interstate, running basically parallel with the interstate. And then you go up another couple miles, and then it's like it hops back over to the other side. So 
There's definitely a, a debris trail from, from Nashville all the way up to Cookville. Chris, I want to correct something I said. I said you spent the day Thursday, yesterday, but all day Wednesday you spent in Putnam yeah. County. And your words on social media was, it was a shocker. It looks like a war zone there. Yeah. Um, we were standing uh, um, in one area. Um, we'd, we'd gone out with the Baptist Collegiate Ministry. Our Baptist Collegiate Minister up there took about 70 kids out Tuesday after you know the first day. And then Wednesday, he had about another 120 he was taken out to help in uh, the neighborhoods that were particularly hard hit just west of Cookville. And as we got out there, um, I mean, there was just the debris field was massive. And uh, trying to, you know, hike your way through there and get over, we were looking for a particular house that belonged to a pastor that took a direct hit. And uh, standing on, you know, what's left of his house, which basically is the concrete and brick steps to his front porch and nothing else. And looking back up over the hill from where the, the tornado came from, as far as you can see back up over that hill, it's just there's like a hole in the landscape that's just littered with, you know, plywood, two by fours and cars and, you know, boats and everything else. So it was, it was it's an amazing sight. Chris, is this the same pastor's house that you mentioned just that took a direct hit? where he and his wife and three daughters managed to crawl out of it without a scratch. Yeah, that's, I mean, you talk about uh, an incredible story of God's providence, just grace, and, and uh, you know, it started with his dog that would not quit barking. And as he was telling us the story, he said he literally had prayed, God, I know you're sovereign over everything, and if you're sovereign over everything, you're sovereign over that dog, can you please get him to quit barking? And he was just talking about this. He was having a really hard time going to sleep, and uh, he said that he heard his he has his phone set on vibrate his his alarm so it doesn't wake his wife up because he gets up a lot earlier than she does, and as a result of of being awake, he heard you know that his like emergency thing going off, and looked at it and uh, you know it talked about uh, tornado warning uh, take take cover there's an, an imminent threat. And so uh, his girls had already come down because the storm had been real bad. So they'd already come downstairs. Two of them were on the couch, and the other one had crawled in bed with them. And so, uh, you know, they rounded up uh, the the three girls and got into the laundry room. And uh, he said he looked at at the phone again, and it said uh, tornado sighted in Lebanon, um, moving east at 50 miles an hour. Well, that's, you know, Lebanon is probably... 40 miles, 30 miles um, to the uh, to the to the west of there, but he said within five minutes the house started shaking uh, violently, and then uh, he said they could hear it coming. And he said it was just it, the noise just coming, and then the next thing he remembers is kind of the house exploded, and then the next thing he remembered is he, he felt grass under where he was sitting, and he's like, how in the world did grass get into the laundry room? Well, the grass didn't get in the laundry room. The laundry room got into the yard. And so he um, realized that the house came off its foundation and and completely shifted. And then uh, looking back and seeing kind of the way that it was, at the time he didn't know it, but the house had disintegrated and spread, you know, a couple hundred yards back up the hill behind him. And uh, so they were, they were covered, and he had... One daughter with he and his wife, but the other two were missing. He started calling their names, and uh, they were nearby, just kind of covered under some stuff. 
uh, fortunately not, you know, not in a, in a dangerous way. They were able to kind of dig out of there. And so the five of them were together, but they had no point of reference for where they are were. And uh, as the lightning started flashing, his wife kind of saw a hole in the debris, and she started making her way through that, that hole up and out the debris, and the rest of them followed. And then when they you got out, um, they, they could tell that there was a lot of destruction, but they couldn't tell how much there was. Uh, and then, of course, they started checking on their neighbors. And, uh, you know, fortunately, on their particular street there, um, a lot of houses blown up. Uh, one broken arm uh, from a man who was blown from his house and landed in the garage of somebody else's house. House across the street, the mom and dad wound up on somebody's roof. And the daughter was thrown from the house and landed on the pool cover in the backyard of all places, you know, just kind of a soft landing there. Uh, elderly couple next door to them uh, were buried, but uh, they were able to get them out pretty easily. So immediately, you know, neighbors helping neighbors get out. Uh, but he said when they went back in daylight, they could just see uh, this, this, you know, the massive destruction and how their house took this hit. And he could see where they were, and the washer and dryer had fallen over on their back, and a two-by-four had fallen across the washer and dryer. And that two-by-four basically supported and held up all of the debris that had fallen on them and basically had created a little cocoon that, uh, you know, kept them safe. So, you know, again, he just attributed it all to God's providence and grace and, and how, you know, even in the midst of that storm, God was faithful in protecting Oh, Chris, in the middle of the storm, God is protecting. And I think that's something that our listeners need to be hearing right now as we tell the story again with Chris Turner, Director of Communications with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, on site right now in the Nashville community, having traveled there to Putnam County, which is one of the harder-hit areas. I don't want to minimize any of the damage that took place in Nashville because there's lives lost in Nashville and great destruction in Nashville, too. I believe, the, as of yesterday, a boil water advisory was issued for the Putnam County, Chris. And I know your disaster relief teams are prepared to help bring fresh water to those people. Yeah, in fact, uh, we'll be moving some uh, different types of units in there over these next couple of days. Uh, damage assessment's pretty much done. We actually had uh, teams on site, uh, you know, that, that day and that next day starting to really stage and roll in from a number of different uh, uh, Baptist associations across the across the state of Tennessee. And, um, you know, they'll, they'll be bringing in things like, uh, feeding units, uh, probably bring in shower units, laundry units, uh, things like that, that, you know, just necessities that people have and, and need and, uh, you know, that we just kind of take for granted. But when you're in a disaster zone, obviously none of that, that um, is available. So uh, we'll roll those types of things in. Um, we've got uh, disaster relief teams that are responding here in the Nashville area. We've got teams working out in, in Lebanon where, um, you know, there was some deaths out in Wilson County. Um, and uh, so, you know, we've we just got great support across the state from our Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief teams. And then, you know, honestly, there's been no shortage of volunteers that have, have come. In fact, I was reading an article this morning that 
uh, out in Mount Juliet, um, you know, they they actually have more volunteers right now than they have places to put them. You know, it's not a bad problem to have. Chris, I understand that officials are asking volunteers to hold off coming into the area until Saturday, tomorrow, when they will have developed a plan on how people can help. Because I think so much is happening so fast. Obviously, you've got teams on the ground. They're engaging. They're doing ministry and serving people right now. But people listening to us, maybe they should wait and get some clear instructions before they make their way to that area. Yeah, and, you know, talking with our uh, disaster relief site commander day before yesterday, he he made two key points. The first point was, this is not going to get cleaned up by Sunday afternoon. This is going to be a long-term project, and there's going to be a lot of need for help. And the second point he made is, he said it's awesome that everybody wants to rush and help in the immediate but he said uh, what happens is is everybody comes over and they're here in the immediate and they might not have an opportunity to be as effective as they would like to be just because of the glut of people and really a limited ability to help like you know things that we we would you can't even get equipment into some place until you get the roads clean and so you know people trying to get the roads cleaned on Tuesday and then Wednesday so that bigger equipment can roll in and start you know moving some things out so he said, you know, if, if people really are wanting to help, this is going to be a long-term cleanup project to help people kind of get back, you know, uh, on on their feet. And uh, so, you know, him emphasizing that, uh, you know, whether they're Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief volunteers or people that just want to come over and help, there's going to be opportunity for the next several weeks. Chris, Wednesday, Governor Bill Lee of Tennessee issued a state of emergency calling on the National Guard to come and assist in the aftermath of this disaster. Are you seeing National Guard troops on the field? Are they engaging the area now? The only only Guard troops I've seen were over in Cookville, and they were basically going house to house, um, looking, you know, basically, obviously, just trying to clear the house, make sure that there's nobody in the house. Uh, and then, you know, those houses that are obviously dangerous, you know, just spray painting on the side, um, you know, uh, do not enter uh, type of thing. Uh, we saw that a few years ago over in Sevierville, uh, sorry, Gatlinburg, when the forest fires blew through there, you know, the, the National Guard had the unfortunate task of basically going house to house looking for survivors, victims. And uh, so, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a good service they provide it's a tough job i certainly be praying for national guard guys um you know a lot of times they'll tell them what they're going to find when they you know start clearing a property so um you know just just uh, remember them in prayer as well you brought up another point i think we need to emphasize to our listeners because this program right now is not only airing here in memphis in the mid-south area for bot radio network but for our nashville listeners we're bringing this to you as a special report on the aftermath and the relief there taking place we want to give some locations if those needing to find uh, help and we'll give that information out during this program but i remember years ago there was similar devastating tornadoes it moved into our North Memphis area, and I had some friends that were in a house. The tornado actually picked the house up and set it back down. So sometimes you will see a house standing, and you thought, well, my, that house looks okay. But you need to be very careful because you don't know if that house possibly had been picked up and put back down. The structure has been compromised, and it could be a dangerous place for you to go. I remember walking into a house like that after a storm, and the very tiny fiberglass fibers from insulation in the attic 
was like needles standing in the drywall. So uh, there's all kinds of broken glass, fiberglass, and things that can be a health risk and, and be dangerous for you. So you got to be real careful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things, I, it's, it's great when, you know, everybody wants to rush to help. It really is great. Uh, appreciate the spirit and all those types of things. You know, one of the things uh, that needs to, people need to recognize is if you do that, bring uh, gloves, bring like work boots or hiking boots or, you know, something that's got a, a, a you know, firm, stiff sole on it. Bring a dust mask or something like that that you can wear. I'd say go buy and buy several of them um, and, you know, just throw those in a, in a day pack or something and bring them with you. Good set of leather gloves. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's a it's a dangerous uh, workplace. Oh, you know, it's one of the things our Tennessee Baptist Disaster Relief uh, does is is um, you know, for those that have gone through all of the training, I mean, they get all the safety training, and when they show up at a site, you know, there is a familiarity with the uh, potential risks, and so. Um, you know, there still is that reminder when people get on site, uh, even for those who have been through the training, of, of what the hazards and risks are. I mean, uh, you know, you don't know what mold might have been in, in somebody's house. And, you know, that being all stirred up like that and just breathing in those spores. So, um, you know, there's, there's a significant amount of just uh, common sense and prudence that people need to consider when they head towards a disaster site. That I mean, they literally are walking into an extremely dangerous situation, and uh, you know, I mean, just the slightest misstep could could result in a significant injury, and you know, that's not what people intended when they come. So, yeah, uh, you know, just 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 a level of preparedness and thinking ahead of time before rushing into that site is is certainly wise. That's a good word there, Chris. A tweet this week from Nashville Mayor John Cooper. He said, I'm devastated by the destruction of our cherished neighborhoods and businesses. We're doing everything we can to respond. We will heal as a community and then begin the rebuilding process. The Hub Nashville 311 phone line is open 24 hours to take storm-related requests. Again, for our Nashville area listeners, the Hub, it's Nashville 311 phone line open 24 hours. So if you have a need, call that number 24 hours a day for storm-related requests. And, and I believe, too, the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, Chris, has other numbers that people can call if there's a need that you can meet. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one of the best places to find that information so that people don't have to scramble or try to remember a number is if they just go to the website, tndisasterrelief.org. Uh, there's information on there that, uh, you know, updated about the, the different uh, sites. Um, if somebody feels that you know they're more compelled to give, there's a, a give now button. Hundred percent of that money goes to uh, helping the the big the, the, the cleanup recovery, or you know, to helping to support victims, or you know, all the number of needs. Um, because Tennessee Baptist churches give through the cooperative program, and then our state missions offering the golden offering for Tennessee missions. That enables us to have a disaster relief to begin with, and so all the administrative costs are, are covered uh, by Baptist churches' uh, designated giving. So when we have a disaster like this and there is a special offering, 
100% of that money is used for uh, directly for helping uh, victims. But all that information can be found at tndisasterrelief.org. And, uh, um, you know, there's a phone number on there, there's email, there's all those kinds of things. So uh, people would be able to get in touch with someone through that. Oh, that's a good word. Chris, I understand that the Hopewell Baptist Church, established back in 1823, was one of several North Nashville churches that was destroyed. Yeah, uh, my understanding is that is is the case. Um, you know, we've there's several historic churches here in this section of, of Nashville that have um, received some damage. You know, some of those uh, part of this area. I mean, you see the area around Germantown, um, and then from Germantown, the tornado went across the river into East Nashville and then continued on. This this side of Nashville, where it initially touched down, is historically an African American um, area of Nashville, going back to the early 1800s. And uh, so, you know, some of those. I mean, we're blocks from historic Fisk University, which you know, fortunately, did not sustain any damage. Um, beautiful campus with some very historic buildings. So, I mean, we're literally probably three or four blocks from there. I just drove past there on the way in this morning, did not see any damage there. But where this area cut through and then on across, you know, there there are a number of, uh, you know, historic uh, buildings, including those churches. But um, we're actually standing in a church uh, right here where we're staging a lot of, of the supplies. Um, and, you know, this church is still without power. So, um, you so you have actually have a team right now, Chris, on the site, and you're you're doing cleanup work. Is that what you're doing right now? Yeah, a number of things. Um, so uh, we're we're pretty. We had a lot of people on our staff and in our building that you know we're hearing stories about uh, folks out working, and uh, they were chopping at the bit like so many others to get out and actually do something tangible. So. Uh, our uh, uh, boss, executive director, uh, t- uh, Randy Davis, um, came up here yesterday to try and find a, a work site where we could uh, help the community and, and so uh, managed to secure this. Got a, a, a Tennessee uh, disaster relief um, uh, site set up here, uh, helping sort. Uh, I'm looking across the pews right now in this church. I'll take a picture and send it. Hey, Chris, we've got a little bit of time left. Can you maybe move towards a volunteer or somebody who's working right now that maybe they could talk with us for a second while we're doing this yeah, show? In fact, my executive director, hey, Randy, Randy, our executive director is standing here. He's actually sorting boxes and uh, some other materials. Let me let you holler at him real quick. Hey, Byron. Is this Randy Davis? Yes, it is. Hey, brother, good to talk to you. We know each other, and I'm so thankful that you're there and helping to minister to people who are hurting in light of this horrific storm damage that took place early Monday morning. Thank you for the uh, work that the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board is doing. We've been trying to bring our listeners updated in the Nashville area and also Memphis in the Mid-South. So you guys have a lot on your hands right now. Well, we certainly do, but uh, it's been a Herculean effort, and people have turned out by the thousands. And we're glad and honored to partner with other groups that are kingdom-minded. And uh, right now we're working with a church that was a revitalization project just a few years ago, and uh, some good ministries here, so we're honored to help. Randy, where were you the night that this storm came through? So many people, of course, were sleeping. It just happened so fast. Well, I was at home. We live in Nolensville, which is about uh, just a few miles south of Nashville. It was just east of Brentwood. My wife woke up about one fifteen, 
Uh, she came and woke me up about uh, 3.30. Um, we watched the developments from then on. About sunrise, I came to downtown Nashville. I wanted to check on the damage initially, and uh, at that time, we did not understand the damage that was done over the Wilson County and Cookville to the extent it was, and I checked on a friend that we couldn't get in touch with that lived just a couple of blocks away from the epicenter of what hit in the uh, Germantown area of Nashville. I was there Saturday. The National Religious Broadcasters Convention was in Nashville last week. I was downtown by Bicentennial Park and there at the farmer's market having lunch before I left Nashville. Actually bought a, a really nice handmade pottery coffee cup from a vendor there in that marketplace. And so I was just there on Jefferson. Uh, that auto zone, I understand, uh, it just got demolished and other buildings, of course, in that area. But it's just so hard to believe. Just there, and then all of a sudden things change so quickly. Yeah, I parked about a half a block away from that auto zone when I came down here on the day of the storm, the morning of the storm, then walked in uh, about a mile to the people I was checking on and walked through the debris field, and it was uh, pretty horrific. Randy, as we wrap up our show right now, for our Nashville area listeners to Bot Radio Network and also here in Memphis and the Mid-South on AM640 Bot Radio, would you just pray over those who are just trying to pick up the pieces, not only the physical pieces of their life, but the spiritually and, and meeting the needs of those in the name of Christ? Would you just say a prayer for those that have been affected by these storms? Father, I pray right now that you would be with so many victims and people whose lives have been very interrupted. God, I pray that hands of kindness and God's gracious help would go their way. But Father, I pray for the hundreds that do not have a relationship with Christ, that uh, through hearts that care, the gospel will be presented, they'd come to know Christ. The Lord will give you glory and praise and honor. Thank you that where you guide, you provide, and you've guided people to help, and you are providing the resources, and we praise your name for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Randy Davis, God bless you, my dear brother. Thank you for what you and your team are doing through the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board to assist in the uh, aftermath of such horrific storms there in your community. Our prayers are with you. We'll continue to bring updates for our Nashville and Memphis areas as they seek to volunteer and also provide support Again, friend, you can go to TennesseeDisasterRelief.org, TennesseeDisasterRelief.org. My appreciation also today to Chris Turner, Director of Communications, who we've been on the phone with most of the time during this interview. Chris, of course, also with the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Blessings to you, friends. Thanks for joining us on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.